You're listening to CAC Radio, Eastern Kentucky's best internet radio station. Do you have a home church? Are you looking for a place that you can bring your family and receive love and encouragement? Then welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church, where you'll find a safe place for you and your family, a place where praise and worship is encouraged and the preaching and teaching of God's Word is anointed and fulfilling. No matter where you are on your journey in life or your journey with the Lord, you'll find what you're looking for at Cornerstone Apostolic Church. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services. Welcome to a little bit of church every day. Home Bible study, 21st century style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to a Friday edition of CAC Daily iCast. It's going to be a Friday all day long, and we got some special stuff lined up for today's broadcast. Of course, we have our teaching session from 1030 to 11 a.m., so you want to stick around for that. But we got a, a special event getting ready to happen here at CAC Daily iCast here in just a few minutes, but we got some announcements and other things that we always try to throw in here uh, as we start the broadcast. So welcome to today's broadcast, and we hope it's a blessing to you. Uh, Today's weather, yeah, it's going to be a little bit on the mid-range, about normal for February, 47 for the high, but tonight maybe a coating to an inch of Snow. That's right. I said snow, y'all. I know. I know. I know. I agree. I agree. I don't know why, but it is. So, uh, coating to an inch. And then tomorrow's going to be colder with about a high of 33. So, yeah, winter sets back in, but it tries to climb back up because. You can see that Sunday, 45, Monday, 51, and Tuesday back up to 57 degrees. So we'll take that. And uh, you can look at our radar 
map right here, and you can see that out to our west, we see all sorts of activity going on, and all of that is going to work its way in here by tonight. So uh, keep that in mind. If you're going to be out late this evening and tonight, you might want to keep a check on the roads because we're not like most places. You get a coating to an inch of snow on the road, everybody comes to a standstill. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, what we got weather-wise. Of course, we do have some announcements. Tonight is KYC. That's right. Tonight is KYC. It's happening in Lexington, Kentucky. So uh, our youth are going to be down there, and we just want to pray that they have a safe trip to and from KYC. That's at Northeast Christian Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, speaker will be uh, Brother Jimmy Tony, Brother Josh Carson, was not able to make it, so Brother Jimmy Tony is going to step up. Section 3 Conference, February the 22nd and 23rd, 6 to 8 p.m. That'll be in Raceland, Kentucky. Heart-themed kids gourmet dinners going to be Saturday, February the 24th at 2 p.m. Men's meeting, it's usually the first Monday of the month, but in March it's going to be the second Monday of the month, and that will be March the 11th at 6 p.m. Our Section 3 Rally and Hyphen is going to be combi combined March the 29th, and that is going to be at Christian Faith Outreach, Brother Easterling's Church in Ashland, Kentucky. That begins at 7.30 p.m. Brother Aaron Bounds is going to be the speaker. So going to be a great time, and that will be uh, March the 29th in Ashland, Kentucky. Also, uh, we do have our prayer requests that we want to uh, scroll across the screen for you. So uh, we want to remember all of those that you see, but we're going to mention about the last five to ten people. Uh, let's remember Kai and Koa Smith, Zenly Francis, Tanil McCoy, Cruz Sullivan, Jaden Belcher. Let's remember Esther Walter's family. Uh, Sister Walters passed away. Let's remember her family. And uh, also, let's remember Chris Logan and Kaylee Justice. And if you have a prayer request, there's several ways you can do that. You can uh, call in at 606-282-4108 and leave your prayer request or praise reports. Or you can email those to prayer at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we open up the broadcast today. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here today to gather with your people all across the U.S. and around the world. I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here today and utilize this platform. Help us to always use it wisely and help us, Lord, that we will never uh, use it in any manner that would bring a reproach, but it would always bring honor unto you. I pray, Lord, that you would bless the broadcast today, all those that's watching either live or by way of on demand at a later time, that you will bring healing to them. And, Lord, I pray that you would give strength to all those that need strength. And, Lord, we're going to give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, I've got one little thing i got to do, and then we got a special guest coming up. So, uh, you don't want to uh, miss out on that, but we want to read. We're reading our way through uh, the Old Testament. We're actually at Second Chronicles chapter one, and uh, we will read this, and then we're going to get right into our interview. So stick around. We got a great interview coming up. Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter one, and Solomon the son of David was strengthened in his kingdom. And the Lord his God was with him, and magnified him exceedingly. Then Solomon spake unto all Israel, to the captains of thousands and of hundreds, and to the judges and to every governor in all Israel, the chief of the fathers. So Solomon and all the congregation with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon. For there was the tabernacle of the congregation of God, which Moses the servant of the Lord had made in the wilderness. But the ark of God had David brought up from Kirjath-Jerim to the place which David had prepared for it, for he had pitched a tent for it at Jerusalem. 
Moreover, the brazen altar that Bezaliel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord, and Solomon and the congregation sought unto it. And Solomon went up thither to the brazen altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation, and offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. In that night did God appear unto Solomon, and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge, that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this thy people that is so great? And God said to Solomon, Because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither yet hast asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee, neither shall there any after thee have the like. Then Solomon came from his journey to the high place that was at Gibeon, to Jerusalem, from before the tabernacle of the congregation, and reigned over Israel. And Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen, and he had a thousand and four hundred chariots, and twelve thousand horsemen, which he placed in the chariot cities, and with the king at Jerusalem. And the king made silver and gold at Jerusalem as plenteous as stones, and cedar trees made he as the sycamore trees that are in the vale for abundance. And Solomon had horses brought out of Egypt, and linen yarn. The king's merchants received the linen yarn at a price, and they fetched up and brought forth out of Egypt a chariot for six hundred shekels of silver, and an horse for an hundred and fifty. And so brought they out horses for all the kings of the Hittites, and for the kings of Syria by their means. And we appreciate all of you who have joined us today for this special interview that we have. We are honored to have with us um, a uh, pastor friend of mine from Carrollton, Kentucky. He's been a friend of mine for many years. We go and preach Alpha Omega Conference together, and uh, we just have a good time every time we're together. And so we are uh, glad to have Pastor Rusty Bennett with us. He pastors uh, the Relevant Apostolic Church and that is in Section 2. He is not only in Section 2, he is the presbyter of Section 2 in, uh, there in the UPC District of Kentucky. And so we appreciate you, Brother Bennett, being with us. Welcome to the broadcast. Well, we are certainly honored that you took time. I know that you're a busy, busy person like most pastors, and uh, to take time out of uh, of your busy schedule to be with us, I appreciate it so much. Um, we'll just start off with some questions and uh, kind of just get to know you a little bit better. Our audience uh, uh, may not know you as well as I do, but uh, we just want to let you have the uh, liberty to speak and uh, let people know what uh, you want them to know uh, as much or as little as we ask these questions. Um, me and you've been friends for some time now, but uh, just take a little time and tell people your history. Uh, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, have you lived in Carrollton all your life and all these things? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh Carrollton is my hometown. We we have a small hospital here, about uh, I think there's fourteen beds. But I was born in that hospital back in nineteen and sixty eight, and uh, Carrollton is the only thing that I've known my entire life. So I was born here, raised here, and uh, I got the Holy Ghost when I was uh, the latter end of my fifteenth year of being born. <laughs> 
and uh, and God uh, really changed me. The, the interesting thing about Carrollton is everybody knows me. You know, it's uh, it's it, 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 it's been an interesting journey from what I used to be and what what God had brought me to now as being pastor here in this city. Um, you want to prop me up for any more questions? I don't know how to. This is my first time doing something like this, Brother McKinney. Oh, uh, you're you're doing gr- you're doing great, brother. We'll lead you down this road, and hopefully, none of us will fall in the ditch along the way. Hey, let, let, let your <laughs> let your let your followers know that I'm sitting in a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, my, my car. So, so uh, we're interviewing him from his car. Like I say, he's busy, busy, and so uh, he's he's now at McDonald's. So. Uh, we're, we're just, we're just, Hey, you're at a good place. Get you a large coffee, two creams and a egg, egg, uh, McGriddle and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, you had mentioned is that, uh, you'd lived in Carrollton all your life and, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, especially when you're pastoring in your hometown, I'm pastoring in my hometown. So, uh, that's always a good thing. And, uh, it is. Uh, it, it lets people know you. I mean, they've watched you either grow up or they, they've watched your life. So they know you and, uh, they see what the Lord's done and that kind of impacts people in a positive way. So, uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat you are. I know when we talk a lot, uh, the more we talk, we have a lot in common, uh, in how the Lord has called us and used us in different things. Well, re- recently I was, uh, our church, we have what we call a soup soup supper. We feed the community twice a year. And one of my old teachers was sitting beside me, and uh, I asked him, I said, do you ever think I would be pastor when I was in high school? He just looked at me. He said, I'm not even going to comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that quite often, too. Uh, and, people and say, well. Say is, look what the Lord hath done. Hey, amen. Amen. Um, how did you meet your wife? <laughs> My first wife? <laughs> yeah, your first wife. <laughs> and, and folks, that's a running gag with me. I always introduce her as my first wife and my favorite wife. Um, well, I first saw her. I, I, I was working a summer job and I was working for the property evaluation office and, uh, we just took these folders and and matched the pictures with the property and and so when we went by where she lived she was actually out mowing the yard and uh i noticed that she was apostolic by the way she was dressed and she was working man that was a big plus right and uh and so the guy that i was with i said who is that and he 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 knew her he knew who she was and he said i I think she's going to be a freshman this year and so when I got back to school that year, now I was a senior that year and she was a freshman and, uh, I, I looked her up and, but, but in all honesty, at the time I had other interests as well. And, uh, we, we actually didn't start dating until, uh, I think, uh, I was out of school and she was a sophomore or junior maybe. And, uh, we, we actually dated two and a half years. I always tell her she chased me down. I couldn't resist until she couldn't, you know, she, she kept chasing me until she caught me, but we dated two and a half years and then got married. And that was uh, 34 years ago. Well, there you go. That's another thing that you've got in common with your wife that I've got in common with my wife. I dated my wife in high school. Um, uh, and, uh, she was a, a sophomore when I was, a a, a junior. And then when I was senior, she was, a a junior, of course, and um, and uh, we dated for two and a half years, which is pretty astounding. Cool. All it it is, it's amazing at how much our lives have paralleled. Um, so um, uh, you got married, and and, and you uh, now tell us a little bit about your family, uh, what what they're doing now, because I know that uh, I don't know. Uh, your daughter must take after her mama in her smarts because uh, what you're getting <laughs> no, ready to she, tell. <laughs> she, she's got her dad's brain, her mama's looks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, go ahead and my, tell my us. Son, my, my son, he's he's 30 years old, and he is, uh, he's been in the United States Navy for 13 years. And and he's currently over next to Israel on a boat, on a ship. Mm. And so if you can say a prayer for him, I'd, I'd muchly appreciate it. Amen. But uh, he's, uh, he's a fine, fine young man, full of the Holy Ghost, serves the church, and uh, good wife uh, full of the Holy Ghost, and two beautiful grandchildren. And uh, of course, when he when he joined the Navy, he he didn't live for God, but uh, through the mercies of God, he been refilled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And his wife had never been in church, and and she's man, she's in there strong. I mean, it was a day and night experience for her. I mean, it changed her. Now, my daughter, my middle child, I always call her my favorite middle child, uh, Natalie. Uh, my son's name's Nathaniel, by the way, Nathaniel Michael. And my my middle child, that's Natalie McHale. You see the pattern there? Yes. And uh, and she uh, she is an aerospace engineer. She graduated as Valley Victorian of her class, and um, I'm, she's married, no children yet. Uh, just recently completed her master's degree, and uh, and she's she's doing very well for herself. Doing very well, and uh, old dad's proud. That's what I tell folks. She got her brains from her daddy and her looks from her mama. <laughs> and uh, and then my third child, which is now now notice we had the pattern: Nathaniel, Michael, Natalie, Mikhail. Third child's Lorinda Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she was actually a twin. We we lost a twin in the process, and uh, she was born at two pounds and two ounces. And uh, you know what? And, and that whole ordeal with with Lorinda, there's a testimony behind that because uh, I had lost my job. The plant that I was working at closed, and uh, but they had asked me to go to Virginia with them and set up equipment and train new operators, and and they kept my medical insurance and paid me well, and it's just nothing more than the hand of God. I always tell her she cost me two hundred thousand dollars, you know, <laughs> and uh, and she actually gives me Father's Day cards with a dollar in it, and see here I'm trying to pay you back. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and she 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 will be graduating from Bible college in May. So that is so and, awesome. Uh, if you if you got any young men, you know, between the ages of twenty one and twenty five that are wealthy i'm i'm taking resumes <laughs> yeah you gotta check all those boxes uh, you know to make sure that they're they're uh, in church but they're also got money or got a good job <laughs> but uh and let, let me say this brother mckinney i i i was grown with a single my, my dad got killed when i was about 18 months my mom was 17 years old at the time and so she started drawing a check from his Navy pension and, and also got a check from the government. So she, she really never had to work and uh, just didn't have a whole lot and did a lot of running. Uh, I was exposed to a lot of things I shouldn't have been exposed to. And I, I'm not trying to badmouth my mama. She was just a teenager kid doing her thing. Right. And, uh, and to see what God has allowed me to have today with, with a beautiful wife and these beautiful children, I really appreciate what god has done all i can say is look what the lord has done amen the lord has truly been good to you and uh blessed yes, you with has. a wonderful family uh i've got yes, to meet has. uh your your daughters i haven't met your son yet but i hope to get to meet him i know that uh, i want our viewers to know that he is on a ship uh over in, near israel uh, all of this conflict that's going on with Hamas and Iran and all these little proxies that's trying to uh, attack our uh, soldiers. Uh, so they sent some uh, folks over there, deployed some folks over there. So uh, we want to be in much prayer for your son because I know that's a concern every day that you wake up of how he's doing and, and uh, where he's at and all these things. So. I just he's want our viewers the, to know that. He's on Go the ahead. USS Gravely. Gravely. All right. A, USS Gravely. Cruiser. All yeah. right. They'll be the ones to launch those missiles. 
that'll take they take are. some things out. <laughs> and they have. Amen. Amen. I support our military 100%. Um, every time I see a man in a uniform, I, I thank them for their service because uh, I never had to serve Amen. in the military. Um, it was at a time I was in between, I guess, conflicts and wars and the draft had done stopped and all that. So uh, I haven't had any service in that manner, but I certainly appreciate everyone uh, that uh, – that uh, either joins because it's all volunteer now and joins and uh, wants to do something to protect our country. Amen. The next question, uh, brother, um, you are a pastor of Relevant Apostolic Church. And um, how long have you been pastoring at uh, Relevant? March 11th will be 13 years. 13 years. That's, that's awesome. You know, the average pastor only gets three to five years. That's Seriously. that's the normal. Yes, across the nation, uh, most pastors, three to five years is their tenure. Uh, it's wow. a very odd thing when it gets above 10 years and gets above 20 years, uh, it, it even gets more odd. So uh, that's, you're, you've, you've, uh, you beat the odds, brother. <laughs> but, um, uh, with that said, uh, I know that you are Section 2 Presbyter. Uh, how long have you been uh, Section 2 Presbyter? Seven years. Seven years. Okay. And uh, what does what does your job uh, with that, uh, just kind of let our audience know what a Presbyter is and what you do? Well, I, I guess the Presbyter is kind of the liaison of trying to keep everybody informed and uh, going in the same direction. I'm, I'm not their pastor. I mean, all the churches are, uh, autonomous. Mm. And, uh, and so, you know, we just, we just, uh, you know, try to share the information and, and help where we can help and do what we can do. But, um, uh, it, it, it's kind of interesting. You know, that's a, I guess that's a hard question to answer for me because I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you must be doing something right because you've been there for seven years as presbyter. Yeah. And, uh, I know that you sit on a board, uh, of the Kentucky district that, uh, plans and, uh, and helps, yeah, we, we, uh, we help make plans and build, you know, to, to, to build the district, you know, and with that said, our section two goes from Carrollton to Maysville. And within that section, at the moment, we only have seven churches, UPC churches. I know there's some independent churches and uh, possibly some from other organizations and one this, but as uh, far as the UPC, there's only seven churches. The northern Kentucky area has probably 700,000 people. Wow. And, um, and we, we need more churches in this area. Right. You know. Uh, especially, you know, up around Florence and Covington and uh, mm. that area, Newport. If, you know, we could probably put a church on every corner and they could be filled. Yeah, no doubt. That's, and, uh, you know, so. when you have population like that, um, you look at it and, and most churches can just hold anywhere from three to 500 people. And so if you've got 700,000, I mean, you know, that would have to be a lot of churches to be built to accommodate all those people. Of course, I'm in the eastern part of Kentucky. You're in the northern part of Kentucky. And uh, it's really like not even Kentucky when you're in the northern part next to, uh, you know, uh, Florence and all that. It's almost like uh, Ohio, Cincinnati uh, area, is. but you're still in Kentucky. And, um, that's, that's, uh, something that, that you're exposed to more, a populated area than what I am in East Kentucky. We're kind of very rural, uh, you know, small towns, uh, small cities. I pastor a church in Pikeville, Kentucky. They have like 7,900, uh, people, I think is what one census said, um, so, uh, you know, that's not a very big town. Uh, our biggest town that we would go to in Kentucky would be 
uh, Lexington, Louisville, and that area. But um, we're kind of next to the West Virginia-Virginia border. So we're in Coe country. We're in Hatfield-McCoy country. And we're just small-town America is what I, I tell people. Have you pastored anywhere else besides uh, the relevant apostolic church? I have not. I was working a factory job when, when the opportunity came and uh, prayed about it, talked to the leadership about it. You know, I, at the time, Brother Marshall was our district superintendent, Brother Browning. I called and talked to them about it. And, uh, you know, without getting into a long story, I, I, I can only say it was nothing more than the hand of God right. that I that I've become pastor and uh, I, I worked for a while and pastored and uh, I, I really felt I needed to go full time. And, and uh, I, I, I told the Lord, cause when I first took the pastoral job, my wife, I mean, the first thing she said, don't you even think about going full time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so after a period of time, I, I really felt in my spirit and I said, God, if it's your will, I said, you'll, you'll have to change her mind. Right. And uh, I, I remember we got, we got, uh, uh, I hate to say a bar in my house because I don't want you to think I drink because I don't drink. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we got a bar between the kitchen and our, and our uh, dining room and we're sit, I'm sitting there on the stool. And, and uh, I, I remember she was standing by the refrigerator. I said, uh, I said, Lori, I said, I said, I really feel like I need to go full-time pastor. And she turned to me and she said, well, if that's what God's told you, then you need to do it. And it was, what wasn't even second thought. And that, that's right. what we did. So, and, and it's been interesting. I mean, you know, I worked at a steel plant, straight days, good money. And, uh, mm. and of course, pastoring, the money's not as good as, as the steel plant. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And I've never seen a seed begging for bread. That's and here's the truth of the matter is if you seek first the kingdom, mm-hmm. he's got to honor his word. He that's said, true. I will add all these things to you. And that's, and, that's uh, great. Um, great story to inspire <clears throat> maybe other, uh, bivocational pastors, uh, who are struggling with that decision because it is a it big is. decision to walk away from a job that's uh, secure with money. Uh, you know, you got a paycheck insurance. coming in on a insurance. You've got uh, stability in in uh, that realm uh, and church. I mean, you know, the people that vote you in can vote you out. <laughs> and, and, and so and, it's. Uh, and I liked it, my job. I, I I didn't hate my job. I loved my job. I, right. I really enjoyed my job. In fact, uh, I've got a friend that owned a co- uh, owned a. Uh, um, owns a um, office supply and when her delivery guy don't show up she's called me and said can you deliver this and I've I've had to deliver stuff to the plant and uh, I'm serious when I walk through that door and just that smell you know yeah yeah I, I missed it I miss it because I, I yeah, enjoyed my job there's, but when you see first the kingdom that's it and there's uh, not a time that I drive by uh, uh, coal mines that I see a dozer, an inloader, or something that I run at the last part of my. I was electrician for for all the years underground. Uh, then I uh, got outside and started running heavy equipment from coal trucks to uh, inloaders to dozers and all that. And uh, every time I go by a stockpile of coal and there's a dozer there pushing coal, I, I kind of get a little. I guess a little job sick, a little homesick, if you will. I, uh, I did. I liked my job. I really did. I, I um, even enjoyed the people I worked with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They become like family. You spend basically more time with them than you do your own family. Um, you said there was seven churches in section uh, two. Um, are they pretty well spread out or are they close enough to where like when you have a rally or something, everybody can attend without uh, long travel. Well, the, from, from our church to Maysville is two hours. Mm. 
from our church to Williamstown is about 45 minutes. What Williamstown and Florence are the center locations of our section. And uh, so when we when I do stuff for the section, I try to use one of those two churches. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, as far as the fellowship, you know, pe- people don't like to travel much longer than an hour. Mm-hmm. But 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 here's the truth of the matter is whatever you love the most you make time to do it. That's true. So, um, one of the things that we do and and that I like what you said you center it up as much as possible so nobody has to drive any distance um, uh, more than someone else per se. Um, we most of our fellowship other than one church in our section, I have to drive, uh, hour and a half to two hours to two hours and a half for every one of them. There's one church that's two and a half hours away. And, uh, so it kind of puts us in a bind of getting to attend. And I try to attend everything our section does and everything that the district does. And, uh, sometimes it does get challenging with, uh, the mileage. It does. Mm. It does. And I understand that. Absolutely. But, but uh, how, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, what do you expect? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, you're from a small town when uh, you call the freeways four lanes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we I, call. I just, remember, I just remember the first time I drove to your church, you know, we, we, you know once we got to nowhere, we still had to make a right turn and go another mile. That's right. <laughs> I told somebody the other day, uh, we was talking and laughing. I said, they said, man, uh, you is brother stocks. I was down brother stocks preaching for him Tuesday night. He said, trying to tell somebody where I, I was at. He said, he's at the end of the highway. You just keep driving till you can't drive no more. And you're at the end of the highway. And I said, no brother, you're wrong. You got to park at the end of the highway and walk another mile to get to yeah, us. That's it. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I take all that in, in stride with people that say it's, uh, it's, uh, windy roads and all that and thought they'd never get here and pop sunshine in and all that. I just laugh with them because, uh, you know, um, I've been to a lot of places and, uh, and preached and even in cities, by the time you drive through city blocks and, uh, and out in, uh, their little area and stuff it's just no different than driving to us so uh that's that's the way i look at it let me say something about these rural churches sometimes they get disgruntled because they think they need to be in a more populated place Mm -hmm. john the baptist he wasn't in the city right and they went out to hear him exactly so so if you just preach the gospel you can you could be out in the middle of nowhere and still build a church. Exactly. I believe that. I mean, I've seen rural churches. We got one in hazard. Uh, it's not, it's not in organization or anything, but, uh, they run, uh, anywhere from three to 500 people and you have to cross two mountains and, and, uh, you don't never know if you're going to get there outside of hazard. Uh, you know, you got to cross a couple of mountains. So, uh, you, you would, go and you think, well, they, there's nothing here. There's no stores. There's nothing. And then all of a sudden here's this big church and people come from hazard different places. And, uh, you know, it fills up. So I'm a firm believer. You don't have to be in a city. You don't have to be in a populated area that if, uh, if the uh, presence of the Lord is there, it will draw and, uh, people will come. Let me say something else to that. John the Baptist wasn't visitor friendly either. Right. <laughs> you bunch of vipers. <laughs> Ooh, he called them that, didn't he? <laughs> he did. How old were you when you was called into the ministry? Well, you know, you know, there was there was a desire there, uh, I guess from the beginning. I mean, it just you know, the Holy Ghost just stirred, moved and uh, even after when I when I first got the Holy Ghost, just you know during testimony service, we had testimony services back then, you know, mm. and uh, you know the anointing would move in the testimony services, and 
But I, I would say senior camp, uh, I think I was about 18, maybe 19, that God just really confirmed the calling. And I, I remember that very well. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's when I talked to my pastor afterwards. And, and uh, it was, yeah, I, I, I would say that senior camp that year. That's awesome. I, I know a lot of people get their calling when they was young and, um, I, I didn't, uh, yield to the Lord the first time that I got a call. I was 18 years old. I was in Toledo, Ohio at a United Pentecostal church. Brother Fred Kinsey was the pastor. Brother Mark Jordan was going to, uh, eventually take over. And, uh, I was up there and conviction fell on me. Instead of going to the altar, I went out the back door. I was there on on uh, on uh, spring break with some other friends of mine, and uh, so we went to church. And I just eighteen years old, long haired country boy, felt like I had too much to do, and church was for people that didn't have nothing else to do. And uh, so I put it off. But then, at uh, after my daughter was born. Uh, and I was probably 22 at the time, uh, me and my wife, uh, repented the same night, got baptized together. I got the Holy ghost first and she got it, uh, next. And, uh, we've, we've lived our life for the Lord since 1981. And, uh, so, uh, the Lord was merciful. And I think that's, uh, always good when people can start at 18 years old and, uh, and I tell our, our young people all the time, I hope you never know what it's like to ever smoke a cigarette, drink a beer, uh, hear, uh, or be abused in any way. I, I hope you're always in the presence of the Lord and the safety of the church all your life Amen. because it's a, it's a blessing. Amen. Um, well, let's see what else we can get into. Um, you know, we talk to a lot of young ministers when we do the Alpha Omega conference. Uh, I'm sure you talk to different young ministers at different yeah. meetings we have. Uh, what, what would you say, uh, is the biggest challenge, uh, in ministry today that if somebody said, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, I feel a call on my life and I'm thinking about, uh, uh, accepting that and starting to preach, what would you tell them is the biggest challenge of ministry today? Boy, that's that, that that's a big question, and then you go with a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. But being accountable, accountable. being submiss- being submissive to someone in authority. You know, we, we live in a generation that you don't tell me what to do. I'm my own man. I can do what I want. And, um, but there's something to be said. I, I think about the man that came to Jesus with the servant and, uh, and Jesus said, well, well, we'll just go to your house. He said, well, no, I'm a man under authority. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then some people, for some reason, I guess it's the way they've been taught that if you are submissive, you're, you're a coward, but no, there, there's strength yes. in being submissive to somebody. And uh, uh, so I, I would think the biggest challenge of this of our ministry is to uh, be accountable to somebody. That's that's a great answer, and and I agree. Um, it's it's almost as if our generation uh, is uh, so independent uh, that they don't want to. First of all, they're not submissive to parents. They're not submissive to authority. Um, you know, a police not. officer pulls somebody over and they want to be combative. Um, uh, it's just all sorts of things that when we grew up, we respected authority. We didn't even call our neighbors by their first name. We called them Mr. And Mrs. And then their last name. And that's what, yep. uh, my parents taught me to do. Um, uh, it's not like that today at all. And I agree accountability, um, submission, um, and and just faithfulness uh, to the to whatever's happening at church, uh, I think is another one that uh, is a challenge for young people. Well, when 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 you're honestly submitted to somebody, 
to somebody in authority. And I, you know, I think you have to be careful who you choose to be submissive to. Amen. Amen. But, uh, but that means when they tell you something, you, you need to listen and obey that. That's true submission. I mean, let me, uh, can I got time to share a little story with you? Yes. Yes, certainly. I, uh, uh, my, my pastor at the time, I, I, Brother Puck, and Brother Puck was my pastor. He's, he's the only pastor I really ever knew other than one other. But anyway, um, I, I, I had a friend that was dating a girl up in Cincinnati. She went to Brother Sizemore's church, and uh, and he he went to another, uh, it, was a, it was a United Pentecostal church that was locally, but we were just friends. And uh, he was going up there and staying with some other friends so he could visit with her you know and uh he said you need to go with me and i said well i would like to go so i, I called brother puckett and i said hey do you mind if i go to church in cincinnati this weekend i want to go with larry and uh and i told him i said he's he's dating a girl up there but i, I would like to visit the church and he said yeah i think that'd be all right and so I packed my bag. Now, back in, when the phone rang, you had to go back in the house and answer because it was still right. connected to the wall, right? <laughs> and uh, and so, uh, I mean, this was like on a Wednesday that I asked him, and I'm leaving on Saturday morning, right? And uh, and I'm literally loading the car up. I, I just put my bag in the back of his trunk, and the phone's ringing in the house. So I walk back in the house, and, and it's Brother Puggett. He said, you left yet? I go, I, well, I just got, I just loaded up the car. He said, I don't want you going. Mm. I said, I lost your audio, brother. I lost your audio. Did you mute anything? Can you hear me when I'm a talking? Okay, hold on just a second. Let me see what happened here. There was something wrong here that now, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Well, it looks like that I have lost the audio, and I don't know why I lost the audio here, but let's, let's see what I can find out here of what the audio is and what happened, because we just, we was having such a good time here, and uh, let me see if I can find out what went on, because uh, I really want to get that audio back. Um, Looks like that uh, it's, uh, for some reason, the audio uh, connection with him has uh, disconnected. And uh, so I'm going to try my best to uh, uh, try to get him back to finish up that uh, um, audio. And if you'll give me just a second, I'm going to text him and tell him... Uh, that uh, we won't be able to finish uh, the broadcast uh, for, with him, the interview. Uh, and I want to just let him know uh, I'll call him. And uh, But that was Pastor uh, Rusty Bennett. And uh, we had just a few more questions because I really wanted to get into what he thought about um, the uh, situation in Israel since his son is, uh, is uh, deployed over there. And uh, just had a few more uh, questions. 
And uh, I think that uh, that was probably the biggest question I was wanting to ask. But whatever happened uh, to that audio, uh, we uh, are not able to uh, finish the interview with uh, Brother Bennett. And we certainly apologize to him for that. And we apologize uh, to you, the audience. But we want to uh, get right into uh, the rest of our broadcast. We usually do a study from 1030 to 11. Uh, but with the interview, we wanted to uh, uh, be able to uh, go, uh, you know, um, a little uh, farther with the interview uh, to kind of let you get to know Brother Bennett. He is the Section 2 Presbyter of uh, the Kentucky District United Pentecostal Church. And he pastors in Carrollton, Kentucky, the relevant apostolic church. And we certainly appreciate Brother Bennett. I see him uh, once, sometimes twice a year. And uh, and we go together to Alpha Omega Conference, and he preaches uh, one night of that. And I preach another night of that, and I get to hang out with him and be with him then. A uh, good friend of ours, uh, we want to continue to pray for his uh his son. Uh, we want to uh, remember him. His name is Nathaniel, and we want to remember him in prayer because he is deployed there in the region of Israel with all this conflict going on. And he's on a, uh, on a uh, USS Gravely uh, missile cruise. Uh, uh, so uh, cruiser. So yeah, that, that is the one that sends out the missiles and uh, so we want to be in much uh, prayer for all of them. Well, um, let's just continue on. We like to uh, have during the broadcast, we do uh, 60 seconds with the pastor as well as uh, having our uh, Commonwealth Minute. Just kind of give you a little update on the Commonwealth Minute. But let's do the 60 seconds with the pastor. And uh, if you got a minute, you got time for 60 seconds with the pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to 60 Seconds with the Pastor. In 1 John 4 and 4, it says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Do you ever feel outnumbered? Do you ever feel like you're being challenged on every level of your faith? Do you sometimes feel like the Goliaths of this world are winning the battle? Sometimes we just need to be reminded of who lives in us. The New Living Translation says it this way, But you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over these people because the spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. The greater lives in you. time is it? i tell you what time it is. It's time for another CAC Trivia Question of the Day. CAC Trivia Question of the Day is brought to you by Cornerstone Apostolic Church and the Apostolic Voice of Phelps radio and television broadcast. And uh, the radio broadcast is heard every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on WQHYFM 95.5 out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net and click on the Listen Live links Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. We would also like to let you know that you can watch the Apostolic Voice of Phelps television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW. That's WQCW-TV. And you can also watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 on MountaintopMedia.com. Well, today's trivia question, which book in the Bible immediately precedes Titus. Which book in the Bible immediately precedes Titus? 
Well, all you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. And we'll have the results of that on tomorrow's broadcast. And speaking of results, we do have the results of yesterday's trivia question. Yesterday's trivia question, well, it was what uh, what was the name uh, or named the wife of Jehoiada? Named the wife of Jehoiada. And out of those that participated, looks like that 100% of you got it correct with the correct answer, Jehoshabioth. So, yeah, 100% of you got it correct. And uh, you can get today's correct. All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. Today's question, which book in the Bible immediately precedes Titus? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page. As we said, click on the link. It will take you where you need to go. Well, we had our interview interrupted because of an audio issue and, uh, a disconnect problem. So I don't know, uh, our internet on this side and everything on our side is still connected. Uh, but, um, I'm not sure, uh, what the, um, problem was, but we was doing good with that interview until, uh, that happened. But we, again, we apologize to, um, pastor Bennett and, uh, maybe we'll get together and do this again with him uh, but we just had one or two more questions we was going to get in uh, to with him. And um, so uh, we'll talk to him about that a little later. We got some more interviews coming up this month. We got uh, an interview at the last of, uh, it's the 29th of this month. Uh, we got an interview with um, a young minister from Louisville, Kentucky. And his name is Brother Griffiths. And he is going to be... Um, with us and we'll do an interview with him. We're going to be interviewing my presbyter, uh, brother, uh, Gene Easterling. And then we're going to, uh, be interviewing some others as, as time goes on. So we hope it's, uh, interesting to you. hope it's a blessing to you and, uh, getting to know them that labor among you. That's the whole purpose of us doing this is just getting to know them that labor among us. And, uh, so we, uh, had told the, um, Commonwealth, uh, policy center, executive director, Richard Nelson, he contacted us and asked us if we would do the Commonwealth minute on our program. So here is today's Commonwealth minute. Welcome to the Commonwealth minute. Here's your host, Richard Nelson. Every culture embraces what it believes to be true and necessary for people to prosper. Our culture today is rejecting those things that have been widely accepted as true and important to human flourishing. So what does it mean to be male and female as made in the image of God? What is marriage? And what does it mean to flourish as individuals? Today's culture says that male and female are social constructs. Marriage is simply based on human desires. And human flourishing, according to relativists, means to throw off moral restraint and to seek self-actualization, whatever that means. Reordering of biological, sociological, and moral truth has profound implications for all of us. Os Guinness said that in order to have freedom and human flourishing, we must say no to certain things, including false ideas. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at CPC for Kentucky and on the web at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. And that was Richard Nelson, the executive director of Commonwealth Policy Center. And that was the Commonwealth Minute. Well, it is time for us to get out of here. This is the 27th episode of this year that we've got to do. This is day number 47, so we got a lot of catch-up to do to get that 200 in. If we get 200 episodes in this year, by the time we reach our 11th anniversary of CAC Daily iCast, we will have over 2,300 episodes so uh, we're excited about what you have allowed this program to do. And uh, we hope that you keep telling your family and your friends and other ones about this program so they can be a part of it. 
Well, it is time for us to get out of here and get some stuff done. We hope that you enjoyed the broadcast. Hope to see you in the morning, 10 a.m. once again. Not in the morning. No, it'll be Monday morning. That's right. It's a Friday, y'all. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. We're out of here. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the Congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the Spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services.